Yo, excuse my language, but I paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime and bad mistakes. I've made a few. I've had my shells and kicked in my This is a this is a really interesting day for me. It really is. Today I'm recording Tuesday, March 26, 2019, the day of my accident. And it's it's one of those days where it's 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 not it's not sad, it's not disappointing or whatever. It's it's kind of like a good feeling, like, wow, I made it, made it another year. It's like, damn, because I know so many people that don't make it another year. But I still sit back and go, wow, nine years. Nine years. It's been nine years since I've run, jumped, thrown a football or basketball, played my tuba, gone fishing it's been nine years but it's not all bad it's been nine years since I've stubbed my toe it's been nine years since I slipped and fell in public (laughs) it's been nine years since I had to clean my shoes (laughs) so it's it's not all bad it's one of those days it's like you got you get it's the it's all about the way you look at it. For me, I look at it as a happy thing. It's it's nine years, and everybody wants to say like, oh, uh, do they go by fast? Nine years just flew by. No, it's been nine long ass years since I haven't been able to do what I, what I was used to doing. Nine long years, and I've had a lot of amazing experiences in these nine years, which is actually pretty great. I've gone and finished marching band, won two state championships. I've uh, gone to college for five and a half years and graduated from my dream school and went to my dream school and had so many great experiences and made so many awesome friends. Uh, I've traveled. I've done a lot of awesome things that just probably wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for my accident or at least wouldn't have been the same experience if it hadn't been for my accident. And so when I think about these nine years, I think about especially for me with my injury being C1, C2, it's, there's so many people who just wouldn't be here at this point. And I've known friends of mine who have died after their accident and stuff. While I'm sitting here recording a podcast, looking out my door and looking at a beautiful lake on this beautiful spring day. (laughs) And it's like, I'm blessed. I'm lucky to be where I am and to do what I do. It's it's not all bad. And that's why I say like I'll I'll tell people 
I, I think this happened for a reason. I think this has a purpose in my life. And it's it's tough for me to say that. I feel like I have to explain. Because when you say uh, this, my life has a purpose or this is happening for a reason, immediately people start asking, all right, so what are your beliefs uh, spiritually and all that stuff? And I have a tough time with that. I, I'm not a person who wants to like just expel and share everything about like what I believe because I feel like what I believe is very different from what most people believe because you hear uh my life has a purpose and then immediately uh bible thumpers are like oh we have another universe guy someone who just screams universe and doesn't give god credit and then people who don't believe in god are immediately like oh we got another bible bible slave (laughs) so it's like that's not me on either side i for those who don't believe trust me i have many similar beliefs as you and then those bible thumpers i i I do believe in god i do believe in something bigger so i i this is gonna be real quick i just want to give like a real quick uh explanation of like what i believe in and for me i believe in both i believe in god and science I believe in the Big Bang. I believe in evolution and all that good stuff. But then for me personally, I also feel the presence of some greater being supporting me, helping me, and just guiding me. And I can feel it in my heart. I feel it deep down. There, And it wasn't always that way. Right after my accident, I didn't. I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really sure in God or I wasn't really sure in uh, faith and spirituality and all that stuff. But it just took experience after experience, moment after moment, every single time over and over. I felt like someone was looking out for me. It, I just felt it. Like it's it's hard for me to explain. Uh, before my accident, I had this overwhelming feeling. Like something was going to happen. I actually thought I was going to die young. That was that was the feeling I had weighing on my heart. Even especially the day of my accident. I just had this overwhelming feeling. Feeling. I remember telling someone that day. I was like, I don't know. It just feels like I'm going to die young. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, and it was hard for me to explain that feeling. And then come to find out this will happen or uh, I do a backflip break my neck and now I'm paralyzed and it's like that I realized that that was just what that feeling was it was to bring me here why honestly I think it's helped me grow in ways that just weren't possible before my accident it's gonna sound like I'm bragging but before my accident Things were very easy for me. Things came easy to me. It was easy for me to figure things out. So, like, that, I I didn't think that uh, I would have the same challenges I have now at all. Like, whatever it was, I would figure it out. 
whether it was mental, physical, it didn't matter. But having this happen to me, I really do believe has had an impact on me that otherwise wouldn't have been possible. And so to give you a brief, just a brief explanation of what what I believe spiritually, um, I believe, like I said, in God and science. I think they're both very possible. And the part that irritates me is the fact that both sides won't listen to each other. Like, if you listen to someone who doesn't believe in God, they'll tell you about the Big Bang and how they think it's just particles. And it's like, it is, but just they're not willing to listen to the other side and vice versa. Those Bible people who don't want to listen to those who believe in the Big Bang and and, or evolution. It's like, if y'all just listen to each other, y'all would realize y'all saying the same shit. Truly, I... I could really break it down for you and show you that it's very correlated. Like, and within the first milliseconds of the Big Bang, they've broken it down. And part of it is that the first elements to come about were light particles like lithium and some other particles. The very first particles to come become present were light particles. And on the first day, God said, let there be light. Like, it's it's all the same shit. We're all saying the same thing. Love one another. And that's it. That's all it's about. Like, one of my... One of my mantras lately, you know, for me, like, one of the big things uh, on my heart right now, motivating me and, like, something I look at is uh, Hebrews 8 in the Bible. And I don't, I don't usually read passages. I was really contemplating whether or not I would even read this, but uh, I don't know. This is just something, something I've been looking at lately, and it's one of those things that's like, when people look at it, like how, I don't know, how do you think everything's got to be rule based and just religion based? Because for me, I am not religious. I am spiritual. <laughs> The same way Jesus was. I don't think Jesus came to start a religion. I think he came to spread love, joy, peace. And that was his goal. And when I read this passage, it gives me that feeling. And every time I read it, I feel like the voice in my head turns into Samuel L. Jackson and Pulp Fiction when he's reading the Ezekiel line of just... But I'm I'm read it just real quick and... This is uh what what's been weighing on me lately. This is God talking about bringing in a new covenant called Jesus. And Jesus said, "Love God and love your neighbor, and love your neighbor as yourself." And it's like that's it. That's all it is. And he says, "I will place my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people." And each person won't ever teach a neighbor or their brother or sister saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least important of them to the most important, because I will be lenient toward their unjust actions and I won't remember their sins anymore. When it says new, it makes the first obsolete. And if something is old and outdated, it's close to disappearing. Like... It's talking about the old Mosaic Law. If anybody 
if anybody has ever been quoted Deuteronomy, that is that whole book is Moses teaching his new Mosaic law. And God, God is saying in this chapter, Hebrews 8, just how that was messed up. I messed up. <laughs> and here's we're going to try something new. We're going to try something lenient. I'm not going to remember your sins and that old stuff. Forget it. It'll disappear. Like, and that just, to me, that's what it's all about. Just love one another. It really don't matter. And when you think about what love is, the most cliche verse or chapter ever read where it says what love is, is 1 Corinthians uh, 13. It's the most cliche things you hear at weddings. And as soon as you hear the first two sentences, you immediately go, all right, this is some bullshit. This all makes sense. We all get it. But I think people miss the second half. And it's like, if God is loving, this is how he feels. So the part in in Corinthians that's so cliched that everybody hears and you immediately tune out is the very beginning where it's like, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Uh, It is not proud. And I feel like people just tune out and leave out this second part. It, It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And it's like, this is how God is. He loves us, and that's it. That he is not keeping a record of wrongs. He is not easily angered at us. And then if you look at Hebrews 8, he says, I'm having, I'm trying a new way. This is, that old stuff was messed up. That, my bad. This new one is going to be all new. We're going to try something different, much more lenient. And I'm not going to remember your sins. And everything's good. And that's how I feel. Because especially this part with Corinthians where it says, it is not self-seeking. So for me, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with other religions, other practices. Like when I think about God, like I, I feel him so much in my heart. And that someone is looking out for me. I know it because experience after experience, whenever I think things are going wrong, it works out to the point that now I don't worry about whether or not things are going to work out. I just know they will, and I'm able to focus on other things. And so, like, for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with any other religions either, like, if that works for them, as long as it brings you to being loving and compassionate to others, I I could really give a shit. Like, I don't think my way of thinking is the only way of thinking. Like, whatever your preference is, I think there's atheists out there who uh, are loving and are good people. And I think there's also religious people who are loving and good people. So for me, I think it's to each its own, truly. And that's how I am spiritually, just to give you an idea. So when I say I think this happening to me has happened for a reason, has happened on purpose, it's in a way of like, I think this was really a way for me to grow in a way otherwise I never would have grown. Truly, because before my accident, 
things came easy. Like, it's hard for me to explain without bragging. Like, before my accident, shit just came easy. Like, things were not difficult. School, when it came to learning, one, I liked learning, and two, it was easy and fun to me. Like, if you showed me something new, I got it within the next five seconds, and I was able to, might take one or two examples, and then, all right, I got it, I'm good, and so... School, easy. Uh, Sports, you give me a ball, tell me to throw it through that hole, give me a couple tries and I'm going to do it. (laughs) Like, I remember the, I tried out for basketball my eighth grade year and I didn't make the team. And one of the main things I noticed was I was still shooting the ball from like my chest and still just chucking it up there. Even though I was making it, it just wasn't good for team ball. And so the next year when I got to high school, literally in that year, you're, you, you, the part you expect is, oh, I went I went that whole summer and practiced shooting over my head and all this different stuff. Nope. I maybe did it 10 or 15 times before tryouts my freshman year. And then that freshman tryouts I, it was the first time competitively I was shooting the ball over my head and it was going in consistently so it's like stuff like that just weird experiences all through my life things came easy to me even even in between freshman and uh, sophomore year of high school didn't play basketball ever at all maybe once or twice by myself in front of my house and went to tryouts still made the team. So it's like things just came easy to me so much so that I really just wanted to have fun. That's all sports were for me. They were a way to stay in shape. They were a way to have fun with my friends. That was, that was really all it was for me. I enjoyed doing so much so that when it got to the point where it became more competitive, I, I just didn't really try like football, it becomes off season they're like all right let's go work out in the gym so you can be faster and stronger for next year nope fuck that i'm good (laughs) i just want to have fun i'll see you next year i i you'd have to our team would clock in for uh the gym and to make sure everybody was working out i'd go clock in go do some ab workouts maybe some sit-ups and all this stuff and then i'd dip clock out and leave (laughs) um so stuff like that like things just came easy for me so when i so when my accident happened all that changed uh and not and to to even think about it the level of my accident because i think if my level was lower if i was a paraplegic and could move my arms i think i think still still stuff would be super easy for me Truly, because that was where I would still be very independent. I would still be very active and could do pretty much anything I wanted. And so having a C1, C2, the highest possible level of injury, made it to where, one, I have to depend on other people all day, every day, no matter what. And two, made it to where... I couldn't do anything on my own. So it taught me 
taught me lessons that I really don't think I would have learned otherwise, which isn't bad. As difficult as it is, and it's all the lessons that like are probably the worst things for me. Like I'm not good at talking to people, but yet I have a staff of five people who work for me and I have to manage them and try to encourage them, make them feel wanted, make them feel important, and also encourage them to want to do all these things for me. And that's very difficult for me because I am not a very good people person. Uh, it's it's still very tough for me. I'm And I'm getting better. I'm trying. I'm trying to get better at it. But it's still tough for me to like manage people and the hardest part for me with all my nurses and everything is just once I start to care for them as a person once I care about them it's hard for me to bring up things that they're not doing well like I'll see them not doing something well and it's just hard for me to bring it up I'll literally sit there with a knot in my throat like please just say something just say something and I, I won't say anything I don't know why I'm that way. It's it's tough because I think it comes from fear of the fact that they're not gonna like what I'm what I have to say, and it might lead to some confrontation between us. And for me, I really don't like conflict, and it scares me. And it's something I'm working on, something I have to be more comfortable with and better at. Because for me, I really have a fear of it because that confrontation can lead to them leaving and can lead to them not being here at all. But I want them to stay. I still want to be friends with them. I still care about them. But it's hard to do that and also confront them on what they're doing wrong. And that's really one of my biggest struggles lately. And I'm trying. I'm getting better at it. But... That's That's been one of my struggles the whole nine years. And so much so, we almost treat it like a football team. Like, I'm the coach showing people what to do and when to do it. And then dad is the GM. He's the one that gets the nurses and talks to them. If something's not right, he'll communicate with them. And I'll, I'll tell dad what's going on. And then he'll go talk to the nurses because he is Mr. Relationships. Like, if he was a superhero, he would be Captain Ship. And because he is good at every ship, relationship, courtship, friendship, that is what he does. That's his relationships in life are just, he's, that's what he does. That's what he's good at. He's good at networking. He's good at, he can never say something and it come off the wrong way whenever he says something whatever it is whether it's good or bad he he knows how to say it in a way that doesn't hurt the person or whatever and I am absolutely terrible at that I will because I'm very blunt I'm very honest and it's hard for me not to be that way so when I see something the only way I know how to say it is how I see it and how I see it is very true and honest and blind. I'm very observant and I'm going to just tell you what you're, what the issue is. And that rubs people the wrong way a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm getting better. But yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. But it's getting there. So I think me learning that skill 
has been really important. Um, and it's something I'm just going to have to work at and get better at. It. But this is a skill. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had to learn before my accident. I wouldn't. I would have avoided it. I, I would avoid people. I would make sure I was very skilled at whatever I was doing, so much so that I could get a job and do whatever without having to interact with people and or could at least avoid them to the best of my ability or whatever. Like, this has really forced me in a way to face pretty much all my insecurities, all my faults, and it's it's not a bad thing. I've definitely grown as a person. I'm much nicer person, much more understanding of other people. Like early on, one of the biggest lessons I learned. So the first year after my accident, once I got home from the hospital, I was really passive in life. I really didn't do much. I was in bed a lot. I'd pretty much go to school, come home, get in bed, and then try to do all my work in bed on my computer, even though I wouldn't. Like, I was pretty much going to class, watching the teacher, paying attention, not doing any of the homeworks, and taking the test. And the school ended up giving me these, like, G grades. They were pretty much nothing. They didn't affect my GPA. But I didn't really, like, it was almost just like a pass-fail type thing. And even in marching band, I wasn't I wasn't doing much. Like, I'd come home, get in bed, get up, go to marching band. Like, I wasn't going to full practices. I was pretty much only going to run-throughs of the entire show. And then I'd have my sheet music right next to me and kind of wing it. <laughs> I didn't really learn my instrument because after my accident, I switched from tuba to a MIDI controller, like a little keyboard thing and I had a mouth stick and I was playing different melodies and sound effects and so that first year I wasn't really wasn't really doing a whole lot I was just kind of freeballing it and later in the year I started to realize I really didn't know didn't know my stuff I didn't know what I was playing and then there was a kid next to me who was basically playing my part for me with their volume up and they just had my volume all the way down and I remember I even tested at a show I like started pressing random buttons and I heard literally nothing coming out the speakers so I was like all right this is this is pretty shitty I'm really not doing much so at the end of that junior year it, it came time to start looking at colleges and everything and they pulled me in a room. I was in a room with my dad, my counselor, and then some other administrators at the high school. And they were telling me schools I should start applying to, schools I should start looking at. And the couple schools they mentioned, they mentioned some community colleges. They mentioned Lawrence Tech. And at the time, me being young and immature, I thought, Lawrence Tech, I was like, that's not a good school. Obviously, it is a good school. But at, immediately when they started mentioning, to me, in my mind, all these lesser schools than what I wanted to go to, because for me, I wanted to go to University of Michigan. I wanted to go to the top, top school in the state. And it's like, as soon as they started mentioning that, I went blank. I 
immediately just stared into space, not listening to what they were talking about. It seemed like they were talking at me anyway, telling me what I was failing, what I was good at, what I wasn't good at, and basically telling me what my options were. And the whole time, I'm just sitting there like, all right, how do I get to where I want to be? How do I change what I'm doing right now? And I was uh, spent that entire meeting just calculating in my head. I was like, all right, I need a desk I can sit at. I need uh, to be up in my chair every day for longer hours and everything and make sure I do everything that's required of me, all the homework and everything. Make sure that I go to marching band, become a leader, do every practice and every exercise, understand what I'm playing and do everything I can. And I'm just rattling all this stuff in my brain and I'm going through it. And after the meeting, dad, my dad is just like telling me, all right, so here, so that's, that's all your options and stuff. And I, I didn't even listen in the meeting. I wasn't even paying attention. So then immediately I'm like, all right, I need to change some stuff. And I told, I told him I need a desk in my room and I need a scanner so that I can scan all my documents in school because they were still using paper. And so I need to scan my own stuff instead of letting someone else scan it and send it to me. I need to scan it myself. That way I'd know if it's right or not. So I'd spend the entire summer preparing all this. And then I also talked to my marching band instructor. And I'm like, hey, I need a bigger, I want a bigger role in the music and in the participation. I want to go to a band camp. I want to do all this. And by the grace of God, like some, for some reason, they looked at what I did the last year and was like, screw it. He's back. We'll give him the opportunity to do all this. And he wrote me a larger, a larger part in the music. He wrote me all these different things to be involved more. And I was able to do it. I made sure I was at practice every day on time or early to set up. I made sure I understood everything. I, I went the entire season from probably August to November not missing a practice, not missing any exercises before our performances, and I was completely involved. And that was really, really difficult for me, but I was able to do it. We ended up winning state championships again because our band was fucking badass. <laughs> And it was one of those, it was one of those things, um, through this whole experience, like I was also able to keep up in my academics, got all A's that semester, my senior year and all this stuff. I made sure that I was able to extremely excel at everything. And I was at my desk almost all day, every day. When I got out of school, I was coming home and scanning all my documents, finishing all the homework I could before band, went to band, experienced all that and worked hard at that and then came home and if I hadn't finished anything finished it at my desk and then I got in bed I was able to do that for my senior year and just pushed I was extremely focused on finishing what my goal was and I was able to do it and one of the biggest thing that it taught me was just how no one will have higher expectations on you than yourself because they were they were easily and quickly ready to let me waste away my opportunities and 
accomplished less than what I was capable of because of my situation. They were able to look at my situation, and that's the other thing I learned. Everybody will make excuses for you. Everybody will look at your situation and be like, oh, he can't do that because of this, this, and this. Oh, it's okay. He, he's struggling with this, this, and this every day. So it's okay. But you have to look at yourself and say, no, this is not okay. I am capable of more. I am capable of doing all these things. Fuck you. I'm going to do them. And that was what I took away from that first year. It's like everybody will make excuses for you if it, and everybody will have le- lower expectations on you if you have difficulties, but you alone have to be the reason. You alone have to be your own motivation to get past this, to get past this situation. Yeah, it's a fucked up situation. It's shitty. I, I can't do a lot of things other people can. It's going to be extremely more difficult for me to accomplish my goals than anybody else. But I'm going to still do it anyway. The same way I say this happened for a reason, cool. It's happening for a reason. I accept the challenge. I accept that this is what my struggles are. Fuck you. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and that's the mentality I had for years and years. Although in college, I definitely started getting burnt out. Towards probably my fourth and fifth and a half years, I I was so burnt out from the having this mindset for so long that I, I started to just deteriorate. My mind was going crazy. I, I still to this day think I gave myself a mental concussion my freshman year because my math, my first exam was a calculus exam and I did it pretty much all in my head because I could and I wanted to finish it and instead of just sitting there calculating everything and taking my time I just rattled through it all in my head figuring out all the answers and then was pretty much just writing down the answers and I got a A minus but that just tore me up because afterwards after I left that exam I started getting really delirious. Um, I had a really bad headache. And then I laid back and closed my eyes. And when I got home, we were watching TV. Uh, there was a comedy thing on. Dad's laughing. I'm not laughing. I don't understand the jokes. I don't, I was trying to pay attention. I'm trying to understand what they're saying. For some reason, I could, couldn't understand it. And it was blowing my mind. I'm like, what is going on? I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to just take a nap, see if I feel better. So I lay back, go to sleep, take a little nap. And then a couple hours later, we start to get in bed. My sister and my nurse are getting me in bed. And I start looking at the sheet or I'm asking them to do different things. And they have no idea what I'm saying. The words are coming out, but the words and definitions in my head were not lining up at all whatsoever. And I, that was a really weird experience to me. I, I seriously think I gave myself a mental, like, stroke. <laughs> Just from going so hard for so long. And sometimes now, I'll start to get the same type of feeling. If I'm going too long on my desk and working on stuff too hard, I'll start to get the same feeling again. 
and I have to stop, get off, do a pressure relief, take a nap or do something just to relieve that tension in my brain. And it's crazy. One of the things, too, is how, like, this accident has allowed me to meet some of the most amazing people I've ever met with different disabilities or different situations. And one one of the strong beliefs I have, and I told a story about this, like, we all have a story, every single one of us, whether you have something going on. Uh, I I truly think every single person on this planet has a story, has something to tell. And one of the biggest things I encourage everyone to do is just go out and learn other people's story. Go talk to people. Go sit down and conversate. Learn someone else's story and share your own story with them and see what you can take away from them, see what they can take away from you, and it'll be something different every time. The big thing for me on campus was how much I got to experience with other people, other friends. It was amazing. I was always able to learn someone else's story. Like, one of the biggest things I I used to feel, I felt like I couldn't relate to people with spinal cord injuries because most of the time, after an injury, there's some sort of like depression or just sad and for me personally I didn't have that after my accident I was so focused I was so encouraged by my community and my family and my friends I had such support from everyone around me that I never felt sad about my situation I just didn't because of that there would be times where people would want me to come talk to other people with spinal cord injuries or other people in my situation. And I would go talk to them, and it was like, I didn't know what to say. I I didn't know what I felt. like, And I think it was really just an unaware of how I was actually feeling or unaware of what my situation actually was. I, I didn't really have time to ha- to ever, like, look inward and see... Or to notice all the misfortunes and disadvantages that I had. I was truly just unaware. Because of that, I felt like I couldn't relate to other people in in chairs or spinal cord injuries and things. But over the years, I really think that's evolved. I think I've noticed how I can relate to others with a similar situation I realized we really do have the same stuff. We're all going through the same shit. It's it's all terrible. <laughs> not all terrible. It's not all terrible. But it's all difficult. You realize everything I have to do is much more difficult than the next person. That's one of the things I've had to come to terms with, is really to understand those things. Because ever since my senior year, I've ignored all the disadvantages and ignored all the uh, difficult things I have to do just to get through it. I I had a goal. I want to get through that goal. It doesn't matter what 
I'm having to deal with. It doesn't matter how many times I have to come home and transfer into bed and get cleaned up because I had an accident while at school. Or it doesn't matter how many times I have to leave class early. Or it doesn't matter how many times I have to miss class because it's too snowy outside. For me to even leave didn't matter to me. I, I was so focused on the goal. And I was able to finish. I was able to finish the goal. But I think it was around... My junior, yeah, around my junior year of college, I started to really look around. And it did start weighing on me how much I noticed other people were able to do, able to do an experience on campus that I wasn't really able to do. I couldn't go to house parties. I, I was so focused on school, and school took me so much longer than everybody else. I didn't really have time to go hang out with people. I didn't really have time to go do other things. Whenever I did have time, I was just relaxing or sleeping in my room just to recover from what I had been doing all week. But I still wanted to challenge myself to do things that other people would say are too difficult for me to do. That was That was a big motivation of mine. And I I love learning. I love different experiences. So for me, one like one of the first ones, I took Chinese as a language. Like it's required to take two years of language with the school I was in. And I chose Chinese, probably one of the hardest languages for someone to learn because it's not it's not even like you're learning a new alphabet. There is no alphabet. You have to memorize every character. So I challenge myself with that. Why? Because Chinese fascinates me. <laughs> Languages in general fascinate me and I like learning. So I took Chinese and I, I feel like I learned a lot from that. It was it was really interesting. I remember when I was choosing, I was like, all right, I want to either do Chinese or Arabic. The two classes, two of the many, but two classes that were considered five credit classes <laughs> at U of M. Most classes, they only go up to four credits. These in these languages, they were like, no, these count as five credits because of how much time and effort you have to put in outside of class in order for it to work. I was memorizing something like 30 characters a week and then had to do homework assignments with those 30 characters every week. And it was just... It was definitely a lot, but I'm still glad I did it. It was a challenge that I accepted because while I was taking that Chinese class, I was taking other math classes and other engineering or programming classes, and it was it was absolutely too much. I, I should have done less, and I actually started realizing there was a lot of people in my situation um, that were taking like one or two classes a semester, and because of my scholarship that I received to U of M, I had to be full-time. I had to take a full load every semester in order to keep my scholarship. So that was another challenge that I had that other people didn't. I, I have friends still there who take literally one, maybe two classes a semester. And that is really what I should have been doing. With the difficulty of everything, I really should have been doing the same. And because I wanted to challenge myself to do so, like, I remember in high school, that was one of the big things that senior year that I wanted to do. I was like, no, 
I'm not taking a lighter load. I want a full load. I want all the classes I need to take to get into the college I want to get into. And I was able to do that. So when I got to college, it was more of the same thing. It was like, no, I can do this. This is something I can do. And I remember when I told my counselor that I was doing all this and why I was taking a full load and everything, she was just like, we've got a petition to the university to keep your scholarship while also taking a lower load. And I'm like, yeah, we could do that. Or I could just nut up and <laughs> take care of it. And that was why I did instead. Granted, it was it was much harder than needed to be and expected. It was very difficult. And it made my longevity much longer because I ended up going for five and a half years instead of Probably it probably would have been shorter, but I would have had to go year round. But I don't know. That uh, that was definitely an interesting experience. But still, for me, what what I want to say on this anniversary day, when the biggest theme I can give for today is go go and learn others' story. Go. And listen to other people tell their stories, learn about what they're going through, what their issues are, and how they struggle. Because that's one of my big things, too. I Everybody thinks, oh, because I have this spinal cord injury, my struggles are probably much more than other people's struggles. And there's probably difficult stuff, but I truly think... I, I'm in this situation also because I can handle this. There might not be other people who could handle what I'm going through, but I am. I, and I, I, I know I'm able to handle all of this and handle the fact that like last night, like right now we're looking for a night nurse and we're training one this week. So last night, my dad was with me. The night before, my mom and dad were with me. And the night before, my dad was with me. And... It's been very difficult for me because both my parents, I love them. They try their best. And I love that they're they're able to do it. But they're both getting older. Everything for me is getting more difficult. I'm much, much bigger and heavier. So everything is just getting more difficult. So usually when they're with me, I'm in pain. Majority of the time when they try to do things with me and all this stuff, it usually hurts. But I ride with it. Like, a big thing, I've talked to a lot of people since doing this podcast about spinal cord injuries and stuff, and the big thing they say is, like, this, there's always something. There's always some bullshit we have to deal with, and it's true. There's always going to be something, most likely every day. There's always going to be something difficult that's that could be a reason why you stopped or a reason why... You quit doing what you're doing, but you just have to roll with the punches. Literally. <laughs> Wheelchair included. Just got to roll with it. If you don't roll with the punches, you'll wallow in self-pity. It, it's not worth it. If you don't smile and laugh, you'll cry. If you're not happy, you're sad. If you're not... And joyous, you're angry. So, I, I, for me, I'd, I'd much rather smile, be happy, 
be understanding, be lenient, rather than being angry and sad and sad all the time. So that's my deal. I would love to hear other people's story and hear about how others have gone out and learned other people's stories and seen how they can grow from that. Because I think one of my biggest things is when I learn other people's story, it helps me to grow in my life because it helps me look at my life and my situation in a different way. There's always going to be someone in a worse situation than you. Always. No matter what. No matter what you think it is. Even for me being the highest level of injury possible, there's always going to be someone in a worse situation. Someone whose body isn't as healthy, who isn't as stable. I remember when I was in the hospital, there was a guy in our independent living group, and it was right after the hurricane in Haiti, and Michigan had flown in some people who had gotten hurt from Haiti, and this guy had a double amputee of one leg and one arm, he was always ha- somewhat happy in the group. And then the very first question he asked, because he had a translator in the class too, because he spoke French. And the first thing he asked in the class, because it was independent living, on how we can be independent and all this stuff. And he's asking them, so how do I work? And that's that was his first focus. He's like, all right, so what? A, how do I make money now? Since I'm in a wheelchair, spinal cord injury. He had like a trach to speak. He had an amputated arm and leg. And he's just sitting there like, all right, what next? (laughs) How do we keep going? How do I keep going? How do I get work? And that's all we can do. Just keep going. Gotta be like Dory and just keep swimming. Like, if we we stop swimming, we drown. (laughs) That's... It's the only other option. For me, I'm going to keep swimming. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep pushing. Because this is nine years. I want something to show for the 10th year. And I actually, I've been thinking about what I want to do for my 10 years. I got a year to think about it. I want to do something special. Maybe travel somewhere. Maybe go somewhere. Maybe do something here. Maybe figure out how to go skydiving or something while I'm on my ventilator and shit. Or keep working and figure out how I can get my arms moving to where I can maybe feed myself or just do something like I need I need something to show for these 10 years not need but I really want it and I'm gonna keep trying I'm gonna keep pushing and I would encourage everybody else out there especially if you're someone in a wheelchair to keep pushing it's it's never gonna end until we get out of these chairs Which will happen, truly. I do think so. I think there will be a cure one day for paralysis. Maybe not for all paralyses. Paralyses? Is that plural? Someone will tell me. But uh, I think there will be a cure for most. Because everyone has extreme complications, especially if you're in an auto accident. You never know what happened in the accident. Maybe a sign went through you, like my friend Katie. I feel so bad. Like she said, a sign went through her chest cavity. I'm like, Jesus. But she's still here. She's still living. 
She still travels and does amazing things. She just got married, trying to have a kid. So, yeah, it's all possible. But, like, there will be a cure one day. And, I'll, and I'm making sure when that does come through, my body's healthy, I'm healthy, and I'm ready for it. There's, there, I don't think there's anybody you can look at nine years after their accident whose body is as healthy as mine or has as much drive as me, honestly. Things came easy to me before my accident. They're coming a little more difficult now, but I'm going to still fight it. I'm still pushing. I accept the challenge. I accept this challenge, and I will get up, and I know I'll get up, not because of anything that's guaranteed to me, but I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my heart that this is what is meant for me. Why? Because my mind, my body is still capable of doing so, and I know I'll do it. I don't know when. I don't know how. I really, really hope. It's while I'm still young and able to do a lot of things because it would really suck to all of a sudden be able to walk and then all of a sudden realize I'm in an old man body. <laughs> but whatever it is, I'm 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 ready for it. I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared to put in the work and to do whatever, whatever's necessary. I want to encourage that for others, spread it along. I want to show people all the things that I know things that I do for my body show everybody that they can still live don't have to wallow in in bed all day you don't have to have a pity party you don't have to be angry at others I know that's a big part for everybody really at some point you you start to be angry just because it's so difficult and you you depend on other people so much so like imagine not being able to get ready in the morning the way you want to get ready. Having to depend on whoever's helping you to do it however they do it. And it's irritating. It's extremely irritating. Like the next time you're in the shower, imagine when you're scrubbing the shampoo in your hair. Imagine someone being like, nope, don't do it like that. Do it like this. And forcing you to do it a different way. Or the order you do things in your shower. They're like, nope, don't do it like that. Do it like this, blah, blah, blah. It And it's, it's tough, but I've really learned to let go. Let go of control, and you'll be happier because of it. Doesn't make it that much easier. Still really difficult. I, I still have a lot of pain from others, but I, I just have to let it go. And... Otherwise, I I won't be happy. And I like being happy. If you know me, I like smiling. I like dancing. I like going and having fun. I like going to concerts. And it's hard to do all that stuff. If you're just angry all the time, it it doesn't feel good. So I've definitely gotten better at that. So now, just to finish up, I just want to tell everybody, spread love, feel love, love everybody. Everybody love everybody, says Jackie. Jackie Moon. (laughs) And uh, go learn someone else's story. Experience something you've never experienced before. That's my encouragement for my nine-year anniversary. (laughs) If you want to learn more about my story, learn more about me, 
go ahead and go follow at Drew Claiborne on Instagram or add me on Facebook and see see what I'm up to, see what I'm doing. Message me, ask me questions. I'm I'm an open book. I'll answer whatever you have out there. And then as always, go add a five star review in the Apple Podcast app to this podcast. If you write a review, I'll read it on here. If you put a question in there, I'll answer the question on on the podcast. That way everybody can hear it. And I'll shout you out. Um please everybody go check out my website and my blog at thedrewcrew.org we'll be having our golf outing coming up on July 21st and it'll be all to support me and help us continue to help others with spinal cord injuries and to spread the word to help share all the knowledge I've received all the years and help encourage others to keep on living next week i'll have a guest again sorry you had to deal with just me on this episode (laughs) i'll make sure i have lots of interesting guests coming up i think i think it's really starting to grow and the podcast is starting to grow and i've had a a couple cool people on and i've lined up some really cool people to interview with and I think you'll enjoy it so please go check it out and enjoy your week I've taken my bows and my curtain calls you brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it I thank you all but it's been no bed of roses no pleasure cruise Consider it a challenge.